So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirtbag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, got their, niggas put it got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? Just said I just said that's my I, hero. You gonna hold it up the perm? First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. By the time you hear this podcast, we'll be around. Welcome to by the team by the time you hear this podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 
205. Uh, is that the Birmingham area code? I don't remember. I think so. Because I think I get called from my in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it? Yeah. And I just say it where my in-laws are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll be all right. Uh, it reminds me, yeah. I saw this um, this post from uh, Roy Wood Jr., who y'all know from The Daily Show. Uh, he's from Birmingham. And yeah. he had... Um, <laughs> uh, there was this post of... Let me see if I could find it. Okay, so he's like... Um, <laughs> Uh, someone had on this shirt. It was the Birmingham Heritage Fest, '96, and it had the most random uh, acts on the bill for this festival. It w- this is what who was on there: Monica, Shirley Caesar, Bobby Blue Bland, MC Light, Will Downing, Angela Bofield, Najee, Shante Savage. Dick Gregory, CC Wydids, Patra, and Clarence Carter. I guess it's something for everyone. <laughs> and he you said can, you can get through and get saved. <laughs> he said, City of Birmingham said, we're gonna make sure every type of black person show up for this thing. <laughs> like for sure. <laughs> That's a little- so. Um, <laughs> that's the reminder me of. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into some music news here. So um, even though uh, I guess the clock hasn't run out because I said she was on the clock, it hasn't run out because Lauren Hill is going on I tour. <laughs> I'm curious how this will be. That'll determine her clock. <laughs> Her clockiness. So Lauren Hill is uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. This fall, her and her bandmates from the Fugees will be co-headlining a North American tour. Uh, and it includes shows at Brooklyn's Barclays Center and the Kia Forum in Inglewood. And yes, Prize is, is going to be there. He is awaiting sentencing. Uh, for his federal crimes, which include conspiracy, witness tampering, and failing to register as an agent of China. No sentencing date has been set. What was that? That's the one that gets me an agent of China. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just not something I would have ever thought of 20 years ago. 23 years ago, I'm listening to Ghetto Superstar. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that guy up there? China. Like, that's... <laughs> oh my god just wouldn't have guessed it yeah. so uh, right now she is uh, touring in Australia and in the press release she said uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill is and was a love song to my parents my family my people my musical and cultural forebears my teachers my love my loves my creator I wrote love songs and protest songs about the subjects and interests that inspired and moved me. I was confident that was that what inspired me would resonate with an audience that had been led to believe that songs of that kind could only live in the past. Um, so um, there were a couple of Fuji reunions 
uh, this past June at the Roots Picnic and uh, last September and before the pandemic, uh, the 20th anniversary tour was derailed by cancellations and postponements due to illness. Uh, So we're in the Atlanta area. So if anybody wants to go see Lauryn Hill, um, they are not going to be anywhere near Atlanta. Um, oh, really? Uh, the closest city looks to be Washington, D.C. So, yeah, as I mean, of right now. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so they'll be at Barclays. They'll be in D.C. They'll be in Newark. That's I think they're from New Jersey. Uh, they'll be in Philly, Toronto, Chicago, Fort Worth, Texas, Denver. Um, show in L.A. and Inglewood, uh, Oakland, and Seattle. And right now, like I said, she's in. Uh, she has a couple of shows in Australia and New Zealand. Um. Well, she will. Uh, that's no, in, that's in, in Southeast. October. So in September is when the tour will begin. So yeah, not nothing. I wonder in the why southeast. she chose just to ignore the southeast. I think she'll do well in Atlanta and possibly Birmingham. Um, definitely Miami. I think Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Miami, Charlotte, Nashville. Yeah, like uh, yeah, you, know. you know. Granted, I know like you know more than like Decker, but you think of like three of the blacker cities in America are in the south, Birmingham. Uh, Atlanta and Charlotte, like, <laughs> like I, was, I just, I don't know, just you know, I don't know, just interesting. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if people had a got had a bad taste in their mouth from the last time she was here. I think there was a show at Lakewood. Um, is it still called Lakewood? I haven't, I've never been to a show out there. Um, I have, and I don't know if it's still. It's still called, yeah, still called Lakewood. Okay. It's a oh no, there's a Lars Amphitheater at Lakewood saw, originally yeah. called Coca Cola Lakewood. So yeah. I feel like people still just call it Lakewood. Like even their Lakewood Amphitheater, Lakewood Amphitheater, Solar said, I think they know. It's just like <laughs> it's been here for so long. Just like you can't all of a sudden start on Twitter X. Yeah. Can't do that. Like I still so, it still says like so and so on X, but then the link says Twitter dot com. Like yeah, like you can't. <laughs> it's it's too it's too valuable. So yeah, Lakewood is Solaris Amphitheater, Lakewood, aka Lakewood. I went there twenty years ago. Saw saw for the G World Outside Festival, headlined by Train and Cheryl Crow. Um, and I also got to see an up and coming in Maroon Five. Hmm. Were they still no, called the, um, and, Nope, they were Maroon at that point. They okay. weren't with Cars Flowers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hmm. they weren't that. I think we're brand new. I don't even think Songs by Lane was out yet. This was this had to be this was right before I came to West Jordan. Had their spring O two. I think hmm. is when it was. So I don't I think songs about Jane either had just or just about to come out. Because when I got to West Georgia, I heard Harder to Breathe. I was like, I this 
because they played it. And I was like, I know I've heard this song, and I put two and two together. Yeah. All right. Show. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to go see Lauren Hill, a very limited, uh, a very short tour. That's the 25th anniversary. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so someone is coming out with a new album, and I know people have questions why is um diddy diddy has announced he is coming out with his first solo album in 17 years it's going to be called the love album off the grid and uh it's going to include justin bieber the weekend and mary j blige as guests on the album uh it's projected to come out uh Mm. september 15th and he says that R and B is alive, so he go be singing. Um, <laughs> oh no! Why? He's uh, not Kanye. He can't do that. Well, was that got song he did tune, last yes. night? There are I don't think I'm too gonna help him. Look, there are a lot of people who love that song. They love that, that song, song. Is so bad. They that song love is like love it. It's out of tune, out of tune. <laughs> like it's you <laughs> the girl jealous girls with mace. That's all I think of when I think of Diddy singing, dude. He's so bad. <laughs> People love I feel, that song. I, I just feel bad for whoever's engineering that and whoever's in this bullshit. Good luck. <laughs> load up Melodyne, load up Antares, load all up, bruh. You're gonna be you're gonna be working. If he's singing, you're gonna be working. You're gonna be earning your pay. <laughs> um. So uh, he he on his Instagram he put out a four minute trailer for the album, and he a says, trailer. "Yeah, I gotta check this out." <laughs> uh, especially with the success I've had, especially where my life is, how stressful and treacherous the music industry is. Why would I just come back in here and have to do something that I don't have to do? My heart has been broken. I still got that question of like, am I ever going to love again? Uh, In the video, he talked about uh, his time with with Kim Porter, uh, his youngest daughter. um, And he's been uh, also seen hanging out with young Miami from City Girls, who he's we've they've been dating for at least a year. So, uh, allegedly, so that is a thing still together okay. or whatever. Um, in the video, there's also, like I said, Justin Bieber, J- Mary J. Blige, the weekend, young Miami, Sway Lee, Jazzy, French Montana, DJ Khaled, Tiana Taylor, 21 Savage, Babyface. Um, so we'll see if they are, uh, working, if they, if they worked on the album in any way, uh, like I said, his first solo album in 17 years, Press Play from 2006. Uh, that had uh, Come To Me with Nicole Scherzinger and Last Night, the song I said everyone, <laughs> a lot of people love that song. Um, and then uh, his Ooh. first album, um, uh, he's released, he's done three albums since then that were collaborative projects. The Last Train to Paris uh, as Diddy Dirty Money. Uh, I never that was, that. that was a group, right? Yeah, with Diddy uh, Dirty Money, Don from she was in Danny Kane and Kalina Harper. Yeah. She's um, 
actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kalina Harper's from Augusta. Oh, now this says Philly. Kalina Harper said, right? It says her origin land, though. I never know what that means. I guess that's where she became a thing, but. Where did I, there was somebody that I. She might, okay. She said she was born in Philly. But I swear this is what said she went to. Um... What, Payne? No, that she went to like Hepsiba High School. Maybe that was another songwriter. Oh. Um, that might have been another songwriter. There, there's some R and B songwriter that went to. Um, that went to Hepsiba High School. Now I gotta know. Yeah, see if I can pull it up there. I'm just going to their wiki with their notable alumni. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She went. She went to Hepsil High School, class of 2000. I wonder why that her, uh, her thing. Okay. What did so? Y'all like, think she, now that Augusta is a... it just had her career, not really think... her um her early life. They didn't have an early life section on her wiki oh, at least. Because <laughs> what that is that's a put her in as this woman graduated from high school in Augusta. That's like two hours away, people. Like that's not even close. Wait, she might have moved to Atlanta that's after graduating not... or whatever. She I went to go work at LaFace. Just give a <laughs> give, give Augusta its proper is all I can't have A players that went there. Yeah, um that's dope. <laughs> so yeah, she yeah, she went to she went to Hepsba. Um but anyway, uh so there was that album and then one called Eleven Eleven with Guy Gerber in twenty fourteen and Money Making Mitch with the family in twenty fifteen. So he's done some music since then, but and this is gonna be an RB album, I guess. Uh so y'all guys can I agree you, with him. You can check out he the. He doesn't uh, have to do this. So. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to. But but he will. I think I think that I think what some people want in I guess I what I you know we've had an episode about thinking that wondering if uh, R and B is dead and I think part of it why it comes off that way is uh it's the style of music has become more introverted and mm-hmm. people are just using buzzwords in their music, in their lyrics. And over time, I think there's not enough familiar faces, whether it's uh, because of promotion and marketing, those, those artists aren't being pushed out there. And so we don't mm-hmm. really know who these people are. So I think, why Diddy can come back in and do an R and B album if that's what this is, is because he's a familiar face. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah. And while he I'm cares and he has the new name and everything, I 
who knows how this is actually going to sound. Didn't he change his name again to, to yeah, like to love or brother love? Love, yeah, brother love is he's going now. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so it says love on. Huh. Okay, I don't know. Who knows what he is? Puff Daddy, Pop Daddy Pop. Pop Daddy Pop. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, there's another um artist that Ben brought up. Uh, so. Uh, Oliver Anthony. Oh, yep. Countries. Uh, I don't want to call him a plant, but man, oh man, like it's like it's it's looking real plantish. Yeah, like the you know, kind of coming out here and and so the the backstory. Oliver Anthony is a folk, country folk Americana singer songwriter, and he had a song um called Rich Men. North of Richmond. Ah, aha. Playing on words. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been a long time, but shout out to Chris who even brought this to my attention. Because I tell you, skip past this on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he brought it, he was like, Have you heard this? It was kind of like one of those, you heard this crap. Um, but yeah, it's like the song starts out like with solidarity. Like, man, for a couple of hours. Um, breaking my working all day for bullshit pay or something like that. I don't know, but basically, I'm about like how I work really hard, I'll make a lot of money, and you got these rich folks who just take advantage of us. That's the first verse. You're like, Yeah, that's right, man. We out here breaking our backs and they're getting all the money. But then by the time you get to the second verse, he's like, Uh, people who are three and 300 pounds shouldn't be allowed to get fudge rounds. That's the line. He route, he rhymes fudge rounds. <laughs> so basically oh, he's, no, he's calling out what he perceives as well these, uh, fraud. <laughs> so I'm pull up these lyrics okay oh, Gee, of man. course genius oh, has Anthony them I has... they would um, he's got bars man <laughs> <laughs> I wish politicians would look out for minors and not just minors on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milking welfare. All right, verse three. He lost a lot of people there. He lost a lot of people there. (laughs) Well, God, if you're five foot three and 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Uh... So the, yeah, that was verse he three. Like fat people. <laughs> um, yeah. And this was this was a response song to a uh, song by Billy Bragg called "Rich Men Earning North of a Million. And so his he that his rich men north of Richmond is um, his response to that song, and. Uh, Bragg, well, no, actually, um, Billy Bragg, his, his song is a response to Richmond, North of Richmond. And because he sings, um, oh, okay. we ain't going to punch down on those who need a bit of understanding and solidarity. That ain't right, friend. 
And rather than stop with outrage, Bragg has an idea about what to do with it, the same one he had when he was a young songwriter taking on Margaret Thatcher with an electric guitar and an amplifier slung over his back. Join a union. And um, Bragg spoke to Slate about why he felt the song needed a response and offered some advice um, about the perils of sudden fame. So there's an interview with Billy Bragg about the song, and uh, to check that out, then yeah, so you can follow, you can find that on Slate. Um, the song is blowing up, man. It's so Richmond, by- North of Richmond, debuts at number one on the Hot 100. Oh, eat your heart out, Jason Aldean. Aldean, Aldean, need to take notes. He need to take notes. Out apparently, the this gate, is how it's done. This is how it's supposed to be yeah. done, apparently. <laughs> you need more fat. It's not enough to talk about, you know, things you want to do all. Out of fat people, they can't get their foot rounds. Like, that's just, that's how this goes. And obese people, milk and welfare. Everyone's <laughs> saying, dude, have some class solidarity. Um, I, this line, though, and not just mine, on an island somewhere. Mm. And this blue. is, and we <laughs> talked about this before, the, um, what's being excluded are direct-to-consumer sales. So buying from the artist website, um, mm-hmm. possibly their band camp or their, um, who else has a site like that? Like where you buy from the artist directly. Mm, I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, but that that's an Bandcamp, example. Bandcamp, though, those are the two I think of. Yeah, Bandcamp and their websites. Uh, so those are excluded from calculations. I would say pin down death. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it becomes the uh, 69th song to debut at number one. And um, yeah, uh, he had the, this came up on TikTok. Um, then on hit the Radio WV YouTube account, which spotlights unsigned Americana and country acts from Virginia and West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. You said, yes. Like, okay. Cause that's big up there. Americana and bluegrass. And uh, the song has done drawn both praise from the right and opposition from the left. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course. And he said in the video, I sit pretty dead center down the aisle on politics and always have. I'm sad to see the world in the state it's in with everyone fighting with each other. And he says the hopelessness and frustration of our times resonate in the response to this song. The song itself is not anything special, but the people who have supported it are incredible and deserve to be heard. And uh, people like, um, what's his name? People like Joe Rogan. Oof. Has he he said something about the song? Apparently, Joe Rogan loves it. <laughs> yeah, I think what ironically this suggested, like, by don't know if these are the same. I don't know if they're the same. <laughs> not not even close. I think what's happening now is. 
maybe I don't know who's going to use this as a path to having a hit song, you know, like we've seen over the past couple of years, um, these artists that come up that went viral somewhere on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. going back to Lil Nas X, Ice Spice, Sexy Red, um, they have this viral song that becomes a, you know, a hit song and everything. And Mm -hmm. I think now perhaps these artists in other genres are taking that same approach. I don't know what, what's exactly done, but if you generate enough buzz and a little bit of controversy, then something like this can happen. Mm -hmm. Jason Aldean was already an established artist. But he didn't. He wasn't charting yeah. on the Hot 100. But here comes this guy out of nowhere, and he's got the number one song. Literally, <laughs> yeah, literally out of nowhere. It like might, you look it at might, him, he it, looks like I, if he's from West Virginia. I wonder if it's um, if he's in uh, if he's anywhere near Rand, West Virginia, which is where Randy Moss is from. And Rand, West uh, Virginia, is an unincorporated town, which means it technically doesn't exist. It's just this village. Um, there's no infrastructure or anything like that. Maybe it's off a dirt road. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, a, a guy that I comes from talk to maybe a town like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, he yeah. looks like he's like been in a factory all day. He's got the, you know, if he's a plant, he's the everything. He's got the, the, the song. I'd be curious. The video I saw talking about this by um, Pablo on TikTok. I don't know if you've ever seen her stuff. Um, she talked about this and talked about she. So I, I think your take actually might be a, a bit more realistic because she looks at it from like, this is something that is deliberately doing. I don't know. Like at this, it, it doesn't seem like the way that country music would go. You know, like, I just don't think that would. I don't know. Like, she said it started with the blueprint that she said the blueprint that Morgan Wallen said as if he did that on purpose. He did it on purpose, but like, he didn't do it and said, I'm about to sell a lot of records. Like, he just, he was drunk and just did it, tried to hide it, and it came out of the way. And he's apologizing, and they're like, no, bro, we're going to buy your records. So, I think, I think part of it is. Maybe. I don't know, but it's trying it's like to you just go viral. It happens. It's trying to rail against cancel culture. Like yeah. people think cancel culture is just a a, a, a leftist left wing thing, and I think it, that that part doesn't matter. Like the your political affiliation doesn't matter. But I think, and I think with what those on the right. If, if, if that's what this is, what they're railing against is, oh, just because someone made a mistake or just because someone thinks differently mm-hmm. than you doesn't mean you cancel them. And it could be because at the same time, they're looking at it as um, it, it's railing against cancel culture, against whatever woke is, even though that the definition of that has just been uh, just morphed. morphed and morphed and just completely destroyed over time same <laughs> so um, <laughs> <Like> close <laughs> so uh i think it's just railing against that like 
oh, we're, he's not going to, you're not going to cancel this guy just because of a mistake. So we're going to support him even harder. And yeah. that's, and that is the strategy that I think worked in Jason Aldean's favor for a moment. And I think it's even working. And then I, maybe this Oliver Anthony guy started with that. Started with. Oh, he definitely I'm, I'm, did. I'm going to go TikTok. with the not getting canceled from the top. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's my whole brand. <laughs> so um, that's how this ends up working out. But that's, that's crazy. And I think, uh, like I said, it will also be a path for. Uh, really anybody in any genre to come out of nowhere and have a hit song. You don't have to go through the big record labels. You don't have to go mm -hmm. on these talent shows um, that don't promote the the artist on there anyway. And At all. Yeah, just, you know, uh, it, it mainly comes down to how you promote yourself on social media. Do you, you know, whatever... Uh, marketing or branding you have behind you, that's become the most important part of becoming a popular recording artist is how do you market and brand yourself? I'm sure record companies won't sign anybody if they don't have a social media following uh, established yeah. already. So you got You already got to do the work before you can even um, get to this point. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of things are done of like building a following back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of stuff was done before Oliver Anthony even came across the uh, our anybody's timeline. Basically, um, I'll be curious to see if anyone tries to book him for like any night shows. I'll be curious. The late night shows, typically, you're like he's you know one of the biggest artists right now in the United States. Uh, Someone's got to. Well, I don't know if there'll be any late night shows for the foreseeable future because of the writer's strike, but, oh, yeah, but point, I'm pretty point. sure Fox News and Newsmax are trying to find a way. A way in. <laughs> trying to find a way to get him on the television. And then he's going to have a if tour. It a Trump rally. He's going to have a tour sponsored by Truth Social. Oh, Jesus. It's coming, Truth, man. social, and prayer. <laughs> it's coming, man. Yeah. Prager, you are proud to present to you <laughs> Oliver Anthony, Richmond, North Richmond tour. <laughs> I can see it. He's got no, another song called he can't call it Dollar. That. He, can't, he can't call it that. He can't call it after the name of the song. And he probably won't have any control over name of the tour. It's just gonna be called like the Drain the Swamp tour. It's gonna be some Trump is quote see that. that'll be the name of the tour. And and then when he says something that because if he says he's he's you know in the center that he's a centrist, then and he says something that is favorable to the left. Canceled. Oh, they gotta cut, they gotta cut that out. Canceled. You and then cut that out, he gets canceled. And then what happens? The left will start supporting him <laughs> even harder. <laughs> Someone will ask him in an interview. So you know, uh, about rights. Well, I think a man, you know, gay people should have the right to get married if they want to. They should be happy. Huh? <laughs> I, I want to be happy. Cut the mic. Cut the camera. <laughs> 
we can't air this interview. We can't air this interview. But we're we're already live. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the my pillow commercials or something. <laughs> we, we can't do that. Just get get him fuck out of here. Get him. <laughs> oh God. If he if he is truly a centrist, don't don't say nothing. Bruh. be on the um I had a name for a stage in my, and I forgot the name. The Drain the Swamp Tour is a great locker up stage. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, if I can give you so any we'll advice, Oliver happened. Anthony, no interviews. Do not give any interviews. You, you got to keep this. Because, I mean, like, truthfully, if we're being real, like, the first verse is essentially railing against the right. <laughs> yeah. It's calling for things like unions and better working conditions. And we know they've been railing against that for decades. So it's like, how were they able to relate this song in any way? That's what gets me. It's like, maybe yeah. we should pay them more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a, I'm curious. The song just came out. So I'm very you know, what happens? Does he embrace it? You know, my to do so or not like that's that's nah <laughs> like he's like I'm not that crazy <laughs> um so, I'm curious so um Scooter Braun one of the uh I guess one of the more powerful music managers in the world uh has been losing some clients lately um, Justin Bieber, even though I think a, a statement came out that maybe that wasn't true. Um, but Ariana Grande has, um, parted ways and Adina Menzel possibly has parted ways. And, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this came out through variety. It's not really clear why they decided to leave him. But uh, he is stepping back from the day-to-day -day management to focus on his role as the CEO of HYBE, H-Y-B-E, America. It is the South Korean entertainment company behind BTS. And um, the, the stars that have parted ways with him have not commented on those decisions. And uh, here, uh, he... It said he reacted cryptically to reports that um, uh, with the artist that may have uh, parted ways with him he, by saying, breaking news, I'm no longer managing myself. That's what he said. So uh, here are the, okay. some clients who reportedly have left his management, a management, Adina Menzel, as I said, Demi Lovato. Uh, Jay Balvin, uh, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. Uh, I don't know who else he actually manages, but those are some some pretty big names. Um, so he is known for uh, buy, buying the master recordings of Taylor Swift's first six studio albums. Um which she had tried to buy herself and then he sold the masters to an investment fund in a deal believed to be worth more than $300 million. 
And that is why Taylor Swift has uh, been re-recording those albums. She just announced, um, I think, 1989 as the next uh, Taylor's version to be released. Yeah, uh, I'm curious about that. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what do you what do you think of the of the of this kind of report where it's these all these um, these names that have been uh, leaving his his management? I'd like to know why. Really, just before I say too much. I I'd want to say that it was because of the whole Taylor Swift thing, and maybe people thought that he changed. Her, but like, that was kind of a while ago. At this point, it was like what six years ago, maybe. That issue. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if someone was gonna leave him, that would have happened a while back. When, okay, so it was like four years ago, twenty nineteen. So maybe it could be that. I doubt it, but. Maybe they don't feel that he's getting them. Like it sounds like he's got a lot going on. His problems might not be what they once were, and maybe people feel like that's why. You know, like I can't, you know, work with this guy. He's just not my interest at heart. But I, I like you know why. Oh, they might never say honestly why they left. But that I guess is the he's too lit. <laughs> um, I think there's something. There, there may be a big story coming up to where yeah. these artists have jumped out in front of it. Like, okay, I can't associate myself with this guy. Um, I'll let, you know, whatever, if there's some kind of investigation or some story that's going to break that they know about, um, just to let that play out. But I think that there's something bigger uh, on the horizon as far as maybe something he did or, or was involved uh -huh. in. Oh, boy. And um, they they just took they just got out in front of like distancing themselves from him. It may be something like that. Mm. So didn't think about that, but that's a good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it says um, there was a source that said people are spreading rumors based on what they know, but they are off. Scooter's team and SB projects are still handling both Justin and Arianda as they work through what this new structure looks like. Um, well, he is doing oh, a lot by managing, me too. managing these artists. And now he's running an entertainment company in Korea with one of the biggest, uh, the biggest groups in the world um, as a client or employee i don't know how i don't know the structure there but um <laughs> it's um it's it's interesting i you know there of course you know of course there's more to there's more information that that's needed but um i think by looking at the depending on how you view his um, how he handled the, the whole Taylor Swift uh, situation, then I think people are already like either for him or against him or whatever. And I think now with mm -hmm. these other artists jumping off the ship that, 
yeah, I just feel like there's something else coming. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So we'll get to, um, before we get to the charts, we get to my, uh, selection for the cover song of the week. And this was, um, I can't remember where I heard this song exactly. Uh, the version of this song. Um, it's a singer. I think she's an actress as well. Named J. Her name's JP Morgan. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, she became, she's a, a yeah singer, actress, comedian, uh, came up in the fifties and sixties. And, um, I'm trying to see what shows she I may have been. It. She was on The Odd Couple. Well, no, she played herself on The Odd Couple. Uh, she was on My Three Sons. Um, let me see what else she might have been on. It's J-A-Y-P Morgan. Yeah. That's dope. That's still awesome. Um Let's see. Um, well, she was on. She would do. Uh, she was no. She was on the Gong Show, a regular panelist on the Gong Show, on which she achieved notoriety for flashing her breasts. Uh, she also appeared on oh. Rhyme and Reason and Match Game. Um. She appeared as herself in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which was about Chuck Barris, the creator of The Gong Show. Um, let's see what she what she was on. Uh, the Jackie Gleason Show. The Ford Show starring Tennessee Ernie Ford. She's on a show with Jackie Cooper. She was on an anthology series with Ronald Reagan. She was on the Joey Bishop Show. Uh, so she was she doing TV and movies here and there. And I and it says that she's a game show panelist. So those shows like Match Game and Hollywood Squares, there were those people who were like on there on like every episode. And like, don't, mm-hmm. don't you have a, a movie to do? Or a something? day job. <laughs> but it's like that is their job. <laughs> Being on the show is their job. <laughs> they're getting paid for it so yep uh but with her singing she's put out like um i don't know at least 10 albums here but she does a cover she did a cover (laughs) of the song can't hide love by earth waited fire uh and the the not all the soul is is left that, like there, there's still some soul left in this version. Okay, it's it, it's not you know Taylor Swift doing September, so. Um, oh, <laughs> why'd you remind me? Oh, I forgot she did. <laughs> it's not that, at least. So. <laughs> oh Jesus! I forgot. I forgot about that. So uh, this is, uh, it was from her album, 
self-titled J.P. Morgan from 1976. This is her uh, version of Can't Hide Love, the Earth, Wind & Fire song. And we'll be right back. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, good. <laughs> that is "Can't Hide Love" by J.P. Morgan from her self-titled album. So yeah, when did that when did that come out? Nineteen seventy-six. Dude, that is good. I'm adding that to my playlist. <laughs> That's really good. I think it came up on my Discover Weekly because um, even though I had, I don't think I had this as a cover song of the week. Uh, Barbara Mandrell did a cover of "If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right." Oh, <laughs> um, and it was more of a um, like the original is is like bluesy, and there's not like a kind of more of a loose structure and then with Barbara Mandrell's version it was more like of a almost a shuffle um uh, it kind of had that kind of shuffle rhythm to it so yeah and then and then this song comes <laughs> my discover weekly <laughs> so yeah um still no playlist for that segment so <laughs> uh, let's get to the charts, the hot 100. So we talked about it already. The number one song this week, debuting at number one, <laughs> Richmond North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. Debuting at number one. Number two, Fast Car by Luke Combs. Uh, number three, Last Night by Morgan Wallen. Number four, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. Number five, Calm Down by Rima and Selena Gomez. Number six, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo. Number seven, Fuck You Mean by Gunna. Number seven, that was number seven. Numbers eight, Dance the Night by Dua Lipa. Number nine, Barbie World, Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice with Aqua. And debuting at number 10, Bad Idea, right? 
by Olivia Rodrigo. I've been trying to listen to movies. I heard Fuck You Mean. Not bad. I've been seeing it used in a few of those um, those videos that sororities make where they're like dang in sorority house to try to eat a join during rush week. Have you seen these videos? No. I've heard it used on TikTok a little bit, but not in not like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just they're kind of weird. They get a lot of flack. And I'm I'm of course, you know me. I'm just like, you know, live, let live. But the videos are essentially of these sorority girls and they are of the, you know, black sororities. Um and like everyone's at the house. They're all dressed in like similar clothing and they're just doing a dance routine. Being like, hey, Jordan, and everyone makes fun for And I'm just like, they're not literally <laughs> They're just existing. But I heard this song because like the, the song chants like, fuck you, me. I was like, oh, that's the song. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck is title? <laughs> <laughs> The first um, <laughs> uh, let's look at the albums, Billboard 200. Third week in a row, the longest running number one rap album. Well, the longest number one album that's been a rap album in the past two years. Utopia by Travis Scott. Third week at number one. Number two, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. Debuting at number three, Manana Sera Bonito. Bichota season parenthesis Bichota season by Carol G number four uh, Barbie oh, the Bichota album. season no it's spelled different oh it is okay, okay. yeah yeah it's spelled different than that um, yeah not the dance the Bichota okay. That's not, I was thinking that. like the dance yeah <laughs> uh, number four Barbie the album number five speak now Taylor's version Number six, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Number seven, Lover by Taylor Swift. Number eight, Genesis by Peso Pluma. Number nine, 1989 by Taylor Swift, as uh, Taylor's version will be coming out soon. And number 10, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen. You know what's funny to me, though? If you're a true Taylor fan, would stop listening until it comes out. Yeah. If you're a true Taylor fan, you're not listening to any of those first six albums. Yeah. If the versions come out. Because being Scooter Braun. <laughs> just saying. Uh so in the Care, artist, I listen to speak now. <laughs> the art of the artist one hundred. Um number one this week, Taylor Swift all over the charts and our hearts and minds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Number two, he's got the number one album, Travis Scott. Number three, of course, his first appearance on this chart, Oliver Anthony. Um, He's credited as Oliver Anthony Music. Excuse me. Oliver Anthony Music. Uh, Number four, Morgan Wallen. Number five, Luke Combs. Number six, Carol G., Number seven, SZA. Number eight, Olivia Rodrigo. Number nine, Drake. And number 10, Post Malone. Uh, His run might be over. And what I mean is um, he's not getting the same kind of uh, reception for his recent album uh, 
as with the previous three. Should have taken a page out of Drake's book. You cannot stay gone long. You just can't. These hands are too fickle. Yeah. Like you just can't do it. Like he should have been. He should have been putting out music simply. Um. Either that, or you got to find a way to stay in the public consciousness. Kind of like like I think of song like a Travis Scott finds a way to stay in, even if it's not an album. He's involved in. Well, yeah, with 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 Travis Scott, he'll um he'll he'll have some big event like he tried to have the 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 concert at the Giza Pyramids. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll you know go for a big event that will coincide with a project that he's putting out. So, I mean, and I mean he and he's kind of he or maybe is he escalating? I don't know. Because with the last album, he Ooh. had the the festival. Travis Scott had the festival, okay. and before that, that we had talked about how um, uh, Nicki Minaj was upset that Travis Scott's album was charted higher than hers because he had a. Um, I think if you bought something, you got the album. It was like a T shirt or something. Mm-hmm. If you like, with some kind of because they made that they made that rule right around. Yeah. Merch and album sales around that around that happening because she raised she was such a stink about it. Yeah, and 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 also and that was combined with the um, with uh, like the merch pack you get when you bought when you bought Tyler the Creator's album when you bought uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember which album it was. was it Igor, I think it was Igor. Yeah, and you yeah. get all this stuff, but it counted as an album sale if you ordered the the merch pack. You get the album, but it counted as an album sale. And then with DJ Khaled, if you bought the energy drink, you get the album. They're like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> he, he probably did the worst. <laughs> He's basically giving the thing away. <laughs> energy drink was like $3. It's an album. <laughs> it's a sale. It's a sale. So, uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, like, yeah. I'm sure he's doing just fine. Post Malone is, but like, you know, like, you got to strike while the iron's hot, man. You, you know, you gotta keep putting stuff out if you're gonna stay relevant. That's just oh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I mean, it's not his fault that uh, of the the short attention span of mm-hmm. <laughs> of his fan base, but um, you know, some artists could like like Kendrick Lamar is literally doing it, but I think because of the he may be one of the few artists that when he's working on an album, he's trying to make like every song is good, every song yeah could be a single. Like it's the uh, I I call it the ludicrous approach, where mm-hmm. <laughs> like any of these ten to twelve songs for this album could be a single. So I'm going to try to make them as best as I possibly can. So Kendrick Lamar yeah. gets that grace of taking three to four years off between albums. With well, Post Malone, he's not a being afforded care. that grace. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I, I think Kendrick Lamar too. I don't think Kendrick Lamar necessarily cares either. Like he's an artist in every true sense of the word. I do think that people yeah, he's going to take his time. He's got him do, a little what he wants. Views when he made Dame, and it was like, no, no, no. Dame was to pay the bills. Like that was like, all right, hey, yeah. you do this album, and you make and you contribute some songs to Black Panther soundtrack, 
and can go back to making good kid mad city <laughs> ever want like I'm I and I don't was a him to real head in the sense of like he's a true creative like he's putting together full albums as a matter of fact like one of the had never liked was single culture like their latter albums are meant to be listened to as albums that you know a lot of them have concepts i think how at least in my opinion i think that's how they're meant to be one large piece of art best enjoyed you know as a, as a you know, in one sitting. So, and I give him a lot of respect for that. You know, he he really works hard. He's there, like he's pushing himself. Every artist doesn't push himself. I think we've established that Drake has not pushed himself since. Uh, if you're reading this, is too late. I, I don't know. It's been a while since Drake has really pushed himself. Maybe views. Views. I, I would say views because every, almost himself. everything after that is just him. You could say like he's being experimental, but I think he's just like doing <laughs> stuff. Like Tuesday Slide is such a terrible song. Yeah, but, it is. It's awful. You know, and and then him putting out his and then calling something a playlist instead of an album. He's just doing. He's just putting out stuff, and people yeah, like appreciate that more him. and call it versatility. Like no, he's not trying anymore. He has stopped trying. He has stopped he's just trying. trying. At the wall, see sticks. <laughs> Whereas Kendrick Lamar, which is why when people are like, you know, who's better, Drake or Kendrick? And I'm like, how dare you say Drake? Like, Kendrick proved that he can do what Drake does. Drake cannot do what Kendrick does. That's like, why... tomorrow, if he wanted to, he can be the best producers in the game. He can put together an album and, and, you know, but Drake couldn't put together um, anything close to Good Kid in that city, <laughs> or Section Eight, or anything. He he just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Um, there was I don't know if I mentioned it on on this on the podcast before, but there was a clip of um, like someone was talking about like a battle between um, Childish Gambino and Drake, but not with music, with comedy. With acting, what? And, yeah. Oh, and, I, oh God, I forget he did start as an actor. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I forgot. But so was, but Joe Joe Budden specifically said, "Oh, Drake would wash would wash Donald Glover." I'm like, in what comedy? How, what are you talking about? He's like, you saw what he did on Saturday Night Live. Donald Glover created Atlanta, one of the greatest yeah. comedies of the last twenty years. Unless he's you been, he's done stand-up comedy. He was a writer for Thirty that Drake Rock. Wrote those, like unless you can prove to me that Drake, Drake wrote on one SNL of those once. He didn't write that. He didn't write those sketches. Exactly. Kyle Mooney wrote those sketches. Um, who else was in that episode? Beck. Um, what's his name? Beck. Whatever. I can't give his name because he's fun to tell. Um, oh, um, you can't. They wrote sketches. <laughs> Hell, maybe even John Mulaney ghost wrote. I don't know, but it wasn't Drake. <laughs> it wasn't Drake. I was like, where is he? Yeah, no. This Joe Button said that. Joe, Joe Button said that. Dude. No, that's stupid. That's stupid. Childish Gambino kills him every day of the week, twice on Fridays. 
like it's just it's not even close and someone that like put out kind of the close. same the same thing like with like you said with Kendrick Lamar it's like Donald Glover can do what Drake does Drake can't do what Donald Glover does so and, and I was I can see that I wish I wish there was more rap material from him because I don't even know if I can consider Childish Gambino a rapper anymore like the the last things he's put out he, is a lot of singing. I mean, he raps some, but like, it is. It like, is. What do you consider him at this point? I think he's a rapper. I just and consider a singer, him an artist. But I, yeah, yeah, he's more of an, an artist. He's just he just he's lost, just yeah. doing other things now. Like, okay, yeah. what, what do I want to rap about now? What if I want to write a song about something else that that I could actually sing? Um, yeah. Because so I don't dream of ever do an Awake My Love. Like, there's no way he could do an Awake My Love. Like, I he wouldn't know where to start. I, I, I think he's trying to. <laughs> with oh, the, no. uh, with the, honestly, never mind, <laughs> with the house, with the house music. Oh, you think that was his attempt? Oh, yeah. I think it was his Try attempt again. of, like, doing, <laughs> like, doing something <laughs> with a different genre. Yeah. Oh, man. Try again. Redbone. Is Red is better than anything from his last albums, easily. We can debate about you know take care, um, nothing the same. We can like those first few albums. Thank you, later. We can debate those that has some great stuff on it. Oh, oh no, no doubt. Like Redbone destroys anything he's ever done. And dare I say it, um, this is America is probably better than anything in his, in his discography. Period. I and, say, but that's just me. Drake did say that the "This Is America" was overrated and uh, oh, what? And oh, I think it, it, he said Drake. that like after it came out that I think Donald Glover said that "This Is America" started off as a Drake diss, but then it just turned into a totally different song. I wish it would have. Oh, so I didn't know that him and Drake had beef. I never keep up with that type of stuff. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a beef there. They could just be like, "I don't like this dude." Kind of like that. He's remember that DMX clip where he's on the Breakfast Club and someone asked him about Drake. He's like, "I don't like Drake. I don't like his face. I don't like his voice. I don't like what he stands for." <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Um, oh god. That'll do it for our music news. Uh, ben, want to tell the people about your? Earworm of the week. <laughs> okay. Oh man. And there's a story. Uh, there's a story with this, of course. There's a story. Yeah. So not this song per per se, but uh, shout out to Calvero. No clue if he'll ever hear this, but he's doing follow him on TikTok. He's responded to a few of my comments on his on his um, post. Um, I've been jamming out the song uh, all all for a while. But Hold on, stop, Ben. Ben, stop for a second, because you're. It's like cutting out every other word. Um, Mm. Trying to figure out what can be done on this end, but uh, yeah, just just start from the beginning. (laughs) Sure thing, sure thing. So, um, Calvero, uh, on TikTok, I follow him, and I think he follows me. Not salty about it. I don't care. Both he'll ever hear this, but he's a cool dude. He responds to comments that I make. Um, 
followed him for a while, but he <clears throat> he blew up on my feed recently because he was doing a viral marketing stunt in which one of the songs he was trying to get more listens, he said, um, he came out saying that like, oh, you guys didn't know. I had a song on a soundtrack from a movie from the 90s. <laughs> uh, it was a routine rom-com called Jilted. And like he had artwork, like he had a poster. I got to show this to you later, Full Oster with Julia Stiles with and the, and the title Jilted and everything. And like people, of course, you know, they're like, oh, wow, there's a Julia Stiles we've never heard of from the 90s. You know, let's look this up. And no one could find it. And he was like, oh, he's probably not going to find it because it was extremely controversial. And the studios tried to bury it, you know, because they just they weren't happy with it. like it, the punk home scene is what he called it. And he's like, my song was even more controversial because it played in the pine cone scene. And he went on like this for, I want to think like maybe two, maybe three weeks. Um, and it just, people started like, I can find it, where can I find it? He was like, oh, it's on this, at one point he said, it's on this super exclusive streaming service. That's like $150 a month. So it's probably not even <laughs> trying to get it to see it. <laughs> he's like, the studio got rid of all the copies. So that's why you can't find it. Um, Eventually, you know, wall closing in, so you can kind of come clean. And he you know, finally was like, "Yeah, it was a, it was just me trying to get one of my songs heard." It's creative, in my opinion, extremely creative um, method of getting your song heard. Um, and then fast forward, another artist who he knows does the same thing, but she's a much bigger artist with a much bigger following. Like she's it with a song from a horror film in the '90s called Zapatha. I haven't seen her videos, but Calvero, he stand up class act. Didn't accuse her of, of um, taking his idea. He did ask her like, hey, was it inspired by my idea? He didn't even say, was it stolen? He just says, hey, was it inspired? She says, oh no, we were, we were trying to imitate this. And she points to another um, kind of ARG type marketing from like seven or eight years ago. And he's like, yeah, I have no no ill will towards her. She's awesome, and I wish her success and everything. And he's like, that's the stand guy. I say yours is still better, but um, so who knows? I might try to start a dialogue with him at some point. He's a cool dude. Um, this song was not that song, but this was one that he had been, I guess, trying to get more listens that he put on his page. It's called Satellite. I've been jamming out to it all weekend. It is, it's got like an 80s vibe to it. Um, some cool chord changes, especially after the chorus, and a really cool 80s soul big um, like it's, it's perfectly nails an 80s vibe. All right, so this is Calvero, uh, the song Satellite, and we will be right back. I like it, but I don't know. Satellite, spend a long time 
Alright, that is Satellite by Calvero. And that is a single as of right now. Just over a year old. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now. So, we started this episode with um, the song I'll Be Around by CeeLo featuring Timbaland. And the song was produced by Timbaland. So, we will be um, giving our Because 5 songs produced by Timbaland. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, This is one of those, uh, this could be done two, maybe three times. He had extended. I feel like that's still underselling it. Extended discography production. Yeah. Um, Even stuff I have forgotten about. Uh, Yeah, like that's a long period. (laughs) (laughs) Just his discography. Uh, So, for those who aren't aware of how this format works, we give uh, Because 5 a top 5. Why? Because 5. And then we have two honorable mentions as an excuse to play more music. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and and get into it. So, um, Ben uh, normally goes first and um, have our list written down here. So, Ben, give us your first honorable mention. So, this is the older one. Uh, This is Beep Me 11 from Missy's first album. Um, Why am I forgetting the name of Super Duper Fly? Featuring Blake Magoo, who recently passed. Forgot about, totally forgot about that. Magoo and Robbie, Magoo and Robbie Robertson from the band. Forgot about both of those. So, rest in peace to both of them. But um, it's Missy. That's back. <laughs> and then um, and, and yes, yeah, until the hook, and then Magoo on the verse. One of my favorite verses of all time. I think he just wrapped his ass off on this one. But. I like Holdings, Missy's this letter in her career, like me and Timbaland so tight, you our styles tangled. I could have sworn she <laughs> didn't even realize he did this song. Like as you listen to a member, he loves He loves beatboxing. He loves to do like tom, like drum tom fills with his mouth, yeah. which he does here. And so, like, when you start, and then he loves to put his voice to, well, she does to great success later in his career. Um, so, like, it has all of the Timbalanisms, which, you know, some are on, some tracks aren't. But I feel like this is, in terms of his style, especially his early style, this is like that quintessential Timbaland sound. Also, the sound, too. So, I don't think, you know, later in life, they get a little bit more separated in terms of style. Whereas, you know, Timbaland went off more electronic um, versus this. But I love this song. It's kind of subdued in the verses, picks up in the choruses with the 702 harmonies. I wonder if that was his idea. 
Yes, the verse by Magoo, which isn't your standard eight bars. Yeah, like sixteen bar verse. They was insane. Um, I just love this song. Start to finish, it's a great song. All right. Probably my favorite on the album, honestly. It's it's got to be between that and um, uh, God, the song he did with the brat. I can't think of the name of it now. Talk it to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Which yeah. Both of those. This one. Do you remember the video for this one? It was so weird. For, for beat me nine one one or socket to me. Yeah. Well, both of them were weird because it's me they're like Mega Man. Yeah. Um, so this though, they're dressed like the dolls. I, Barbie I don't dolls remember and seeing stuff. the video for this one. Yeah. Oh I, god, I forgot. They first the bridge. <laughs> Man, uh, so much going on in this song. <laughs> um. All right, so that was your first honorable mention. Uh, mine, uh, my first honorable mention is a song that I came back around to recently because when it first came out, I didn't hear it. I didn't actually hear the song very much. Like I was waiting to hear the song on the radio, uh, cause mm-hmm. it, I, it was riding the bus to school and it would be like kind of the mm-hmm. same few songs and every now and then I would hear this song and I really liked it. And it's, uh, Make It Hot by Nicole Ray, now known today as Lady oh, Ray, man. featuring Missy Elliott oh, and Mocha. Man. That was on my list too. But it didn't make the. See, this is that, like you said, like, you can do this like three times. At least. <laughs> Maybe this awesome. <laughs> baby can do this list three times. Um, this song is so awesome. <laughs> I like the the chord progression on this. The chord progression on this. Um, I like the uh, the sample of like the whatever that choir is in the background. Whatever he sampled for that. Um, this was one of those like uh, kind of similar to BB nine one one to where it's where he's blurring the line or maybe completely destroying the line between R&B and hip hop. What, what R&B could be and what, uh, what hip hop actually is. He completely blurred the line with these kinds of songs. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, also too, he had a lot of songs where you have both happening. You have rapping and singing happening. Yeah. And I think he's trying to make beats are you composed beats that make both parties comfortable? So you feel good, you can sing over it, you can rap over it. You don't feel like, man, how am I gonna rap this? Oh, this is an easy beat to rap over. So, at least that's my thought. It's a girl. But yeah, like I heard this song so rarely, and like this is such a good song, and I I didn't I didn't go out and buy the song. I wasn't I wasn't out there buying music like that, but. Um, yeah, this was just one of those like, why this song is so it, it's so good. Why why is it like being played on the radio? I'm not seeing the video a whole lot, so uh, I just thought it was really good. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how much I saw it. I don't remember very much, or I, I remember doing a fair amount, but it also could be like once I got Spotify, I just started spamming it. So yeah, because I do love this song. You said she goes by what now, Lady Ray? Lady Ray. 
Uh, she does. I, I think it's more like. Oh no, she goes by. No, is she go, does she go back to? Is she Nicole Ray now? Or maybe okay, maybe she goes by Nicole Ray now. Um. Yeah. But she, she, I think she had like an R&B band or something to that effect. So she's still, she's still making stuff. So um, it was it Lil Mo was on the other rapper, right? In the beginning. Yeah. Mo, well, Mocha. Okay. Mocha, not Lil Mo, Mo okay, Mocha. Which is somebody else entirely, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Some and there were a couple of like random guest spots on Timbaland songs. Like uh this didn't make either of our list, y'all. Spoiler alert, the way I are didn't make either of our list. Uh but was Sebastian one of those ones that almost did. Sebastian Sebastian, yeah. his younger brother, I I assume. But <laughs> we didn't hear from Sebastian again. Um <laughs> so I I almost had the um model from shock value with um the song with him and chad crower that almost made the list too because sebastian rapped as well um and i remember thinking like person where i was like who is this guy <laughs> it's like oh tuma's got a brother okay that's what's up what's he doing now <laughs> Ooh, no clue <laughs> all right so um Second honorable mention. I think we have the same second honorable mention. Oh, really? Uh, so why don't you introduce it? Uh, so it is Dirt Off Your Shoulder by uh, Comparable Jay-Z. I recently saw a video on TikTok where he was playing. Did you see this? Where he heard the beat for the first time? Yeah, like he's playing all these different beats. And Jay, he's Jay Z's like, okay, but I'm feeling fill, up, and he gets to this one, and like, he, cause apparently he, he all did this when he first heard beats by Kanye. He just kind of gets this look in his face, like, hmm, and like he don't say nothing, but he just kind of just he's like already writing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, yep, that's the one, that's the one, <laughs> and it's. You know, at that point, like, I don't know, is it, was it fair to say that Jay-Z was the biggest rapper in the world at that point? Um, so this point. was, what was this? This is off the Black Album 2003. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Because this yeah. was, this so was I'm, I'm he was going like, out with a bang with this album. He was, if he was actually retiring, uh, this was, he was going out with a bang with this one. I just remember, um, think you know like, you got two of the titans of industry you got the most independent producer at the his rapper and even he just in there like playing him it's like your pick which one do you want <laughs> <laughs> like and then he plays he gets to this one and like jay-z is just like blown away and it like it sounded just like i don't know is it is it i say to say futuristic at the like, time it, it sounds yes. It just sounds different, you know. Like trying to something if he's using different um different synths or keyboards. Yeah. And we and you and we you know with the you know there's the video of him playing this beat for the first time for Jay Z, 
there's the video of I think we referenced it when we did the episode about Timberland. The, uh, the video where Busta Rhymes is in the studio with him, and he was hitting stuff on the on the keyboard. And he's like, "What's that? Is that a stock sound, or is that like he's putting his own <laughs> little sounds into a keyboard, yeah. his own custom things." So. Um, I think what we should give them, definitely give them credit for is just to the, there are no limits on what percussion he could use or sounds he could use. There are no limits to that. It said he made a a beat using um, a styrofoam cup and a pencil. So (laughs) because of how it sounds when it you know hits a table or something so he's always doing things like that so who knows how he actually built this beat (laughs) it's just some (laughs) some sound he heard and then he you know he was able to turn it into a song yeah yeah yeah. it's just it sounds so good (laughs) um so that was your second honorable mention that was my second honorable mention so ben Number five. All right. This one, um, Who Is She To You by Brandy from her album Aphrodisiac, which I think was probably the Branch's album. <laughs> the what? Because um, the What'd Brandy Matures album. <laughs> yeah. Like that had Talk About Our Love, which I mean, I like younger Kanye. Brandy, you know. Yeah, produced by. I love Brandy. I love some of the stuff that was coming from this album. It's just really good. This beat has that like. Um, truthfully, hearing this song, aside from the drums, maybe it sounds like it could almost be a whip. Like it feels like it kind of has like a soul feel to it. Yeah. But like then you hear that percussion, and that's like unmistakably. Um. And then, of course, he does his little vocal stuff at the end. He's got some of it, you know, throughout his pad sort of thing at the end of the song. Um, yeah, this was one that I heard in college. I loved it, heard it, listened to it as much as I could. There's a remix with Usher on it where he sings the second verse. It's really, really good. Um, but to me, it's just a really fun song. Kind of uses the, um, uh, the kind of like Pickety Third, going at La Forward. Like it's a minor key but changed to a major. Um, but yeah, just of uh, love. Just the only thing I might have done. Well, I don't think I would have been a rapper to it. I think it's the way it is. I don't think you need a rapper, but uh, I just I th- and I thought it showed a mature side of Brandy. Uh, like I said, this is the, the Brandy Matures album. I don't know what else to say about this. It's just really oh, it, well, crap. I didn't realize it is built around a sample. Uh, by Leon Way. I did not realize that. I don't think so. Makes sense. Sounds like that uh, Kanye sample. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is Who Is She To You by Brandy. That's your number five. So my number five, um, spoil, another spoiler. Uh, this didn't make Ben's list. I thought it might, but um <clears throat> Maybe if we do this, it's again. probably on the ones that that I cut. <laughs> and some people probably say this is too low on on my list, <laughs> but it's 
Crimea River. That was that didn't make the best, but if done again, because this was one of those beats where people said also sounded ahead of its time. Yeah. He tried to recreate with Icebox. I think at least. I think he was asked to create another Crimea River with Icebox. Uh, at least I think that's what Chris Stokes told him. Um, <laughs> this was one of those. I guess the story with this song is that it was. This was something that fell together, that came together so quickly. Uh, he says Justin came came into the studio. He was upset, and because he had just found out about Britney and uh, Tim was playing something and then he just started writing to the song and so it's just something that came together so well and like he said this is one of those that has all the Timberland trademarks it has the beatboxing oh yeah <laughs> it has the his subtle uh, ad-libs <laughs> his filtered ad-libs and, especially uh, the, yeah. in the bridge Woo. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And then something with a uh, maybe some kind of sample that you wouldn't expect. So we have the the Gregorian chants at the beginning oh, yeah. of the song. Um, and uh, so it this uh, this is one of those where all those things are on full display. Uh huh. Yeah, I just even some yeah yeah it's it. Very creative, creative piece of work. Like, like it's just so like, like he's a, a instrument of, of to himself. <laughs> just with yeah. the things that he's able he's, to he's do. He's his own instrument. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was my number five. Um, another spoiler, guys. We have no more songs in common. So. Uh, <laughs> <Let me> get interesting. <laughs> Ben, tell us about your number four. All right. So um, I'll just say the name of it because I don't think many people know this. It is Ragdoll by Ashley Simpson. Um, I thought about leaving this one off of because one, like, we are producers on it. Um, one of them being Kenna. Uh, do you remember Kenna? I remember Kenna. Had that song Free Time. Yeah. Kenna was, Kenna was, I like Kenna. Um, he was a critical but, darling, but he was ahead oh, of his time. I think I, he was I ahead concur. Of his time musically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song is from her album Bittersweet World. I think this is her album is very different, but still feels feels familiar. If that makes sense. Like it's got all pop elements in but just like it's a level of production that she's never had before. And it's just there's these elements of like electronica, some funk, some rock. I thought this song was very reminiscent. I'm if you agree, but of what song? Like I feel like this is of like something by the police. Okay. Okay. Just really that. liked it. Yeah. But like it's such a great song. I love the guitar in it. I love the background vocals. Like these songs on this album really fit her range and what she was doing. And they're, and they're just quirky and they're interesting. Um, so 
Yeah. With this, I, I have not heard this song. Uh, the song that uh, from this album that I knew of that he produced was "Out of My Head." Yeah. Uh, also co-written by Kenna, <laughs> and um, that's the that's the song that I would. So as far as Timbaland and, and Ashley Simpson, um, mm-hmm. but kind of going into that the world of kind of that. Uh, guess is like an alternative power pop type of thing where you know uh, of course like there was a police influence but you know they sound like you know the hives the vines um kind of that <laughs> the hives the vibes the white stripes so yeah, this came out in <laughs> so this like came out in oh, wait yeah no, no, wait. That was all oh, though. Oh, like, oh, three to yeah. four. Oh, yeah. Oh, was when all that stuff was blowing up. But like, especially when she does that make of um, end of um, oh god, the song. Every little thing she does is magic. It's like influence here with how they're the vocals, all that stuff. Um. But she also don't yeah. hear a lot of. Timbalisms on this, you know, no, outside of no. him kind of experimenting with electronica stuff. So I don't know how strong his voice was in the production booth or in the production um, console and stuff like that. But I still think it's a solid song, something that he can definitely be a big part of. If anything, there's probably a lot of influence here. A lot of a lot of what? There's probably a lot of Kenna influence here, like we talked about. Oh like yeah, Kenna was yeah. kind of ahead of the time. Yeah, the, I think yeah. there's more Kenna influence than than Timberland as far as sonically. But yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's Ragdoll by Ashley Simpson. That's your number four. So my number four. Um, this was this probably stood out to me as far as any song by Jenny Wine. Uh, and it's um. What's so different? Ah, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, again, all the all the Timberland Timberlandisms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the the filtered ad libs. Uh, the beatbox. Um, uh, but you did come out because I think he was really in the, that bass in that yeah, snare. At the this time. is from 1999. 100% JDY. Okay, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, and he was in that wah, wah, the the kind of guitar wah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was really into those at the time. Oh man. Uh, oh, yeah. I think part of this part of was like why this stuck out to me is also the visual the the video for this song um it was it was futuristic this this is where i think mm-hmm. someone started getting the, the, that that label or kind of where um people would pick up on you know you, it's either him or the neptunes for like pop artists start going to them now uh, because yeah. what they are, what they have accomplished, what they have have put out, is is changing how um, 
it's changing what what is popular in in music. I mean, it's it's changing what is um, how do I put it? I think it's just it's kind of like this turn of what you know what music can sound like or what it can be. And I think songs like this is definitely a prime example because I think Jenny Wine was probably I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he should have been a bigger star than what he was. But I, yeah, I, I I do sometimes wonder what them from being bigger was. And not because oh, he worked with too much. There's nothing like that. But it was. Yeah. I think he was just uh, maybe as maybe as a, a marketing thing or, or something like that because. Uh, oh, and also with with the bridge here having the. I don't know if those are like. I don't know what animal that is that's screaming in the background. Or maybe it's from a dinosaur I can't, movie. I can't tell. Can you hear it? I don't know. Yeah, I can't, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, yeah. That's another thing that kind of stuck out to me. Like, what? Is that a dinosaur or something? Is that from a Godzilla movie? What I don't surprised? know. <laughs> so sometimes there'll be those sounds that kind of stick out like that. So yeah, uh, that's my number four. Let me make sure it's on the list. Okay. All right, Ben. Number three. Oof, here we, oh, here we this, go. This just missed my list. Okay. This one was almost actually taken by another one that this will probably hear number, but this is Ugly Bubba Sparks. Um, I feel like this is the one that, this is his debut single, and I feel like a lot of people don't really know him for this song. Yeah. That most people know him for Deliverance. Deliverance or Miss New Booty. Or Miss New Booty, yeah. Yeah, those are the two I feel like, but this one to me, like, it just, it came, you know, freshman, well, I heard it my freshman year, I guess. I guess it came out before that. I was into it my freshman year of college. And just a bit that, like, the, was just really, it was like a very urgent beat. He rapped very urgently. I think it was fairly obvious they were trying to go for the um, Southern Eminem. They were trying to go for the Eminem. Yeah, Southern Eminem. Southern Eminem. And this was supposed to, I think, be his My Name Is. But, you know, maybe people might hate me for this. I think this beat was better. My Name Is. I'm not gonna say him his rapping was better than Eminem's, but like I love this beat. Like it's so fun. Like the chorus, the way like oh, yeah, yeah. like I love that. I love the guitar sample, essentially from and if get your freak on, not quite. I mean, they even have a part at the end, you know, copywritten so don't copy me. We so tight that our you know our style. Like they had two songs that it sounded alike. I don't think there was a fit. Yeah. This was this was um uh what I've said before like same settings the same yeah. settings so this is the same settings as Get Your Freak On uh, oh yeah <laughs> uh but de- definitely it's a it's a different song um yeah I remember in high school when this came out um I didn't think I think that like over time that I think that they may have been going for Southern Eminem. Uh, but at the time, I think it was just cool that it was another, it was a, 
a white rapper good. from the South. Uh, it wasn't Lil White. And Lil, it wasn't, was Lil White out yet? He might have been. But I think I can't remember. But it was someone that, you know, he wouldn't he wasn't gonna fall he wasn't gonna fall under the, the Larry Bird syndrome. Uh, yeah. getting compared to him because <laughs> he didn't sound like him at all. Like you can't make that comparison. Um, so yeah, definitely. I totally forgot. I had heard the song because there was a guy who was gonna quote in his um in his yearbook. Go ahead, make a bottle. Let's be honest, some of us would ever date a model. He was gonna put that in his, his yearbook. <laughs> I forgot he was gonna do that. I don't think they let him do it though. Yeah, that was the other line he wanted. Don't worry, they can't us all. <laughs> oh god i forgot about that i forgot about that i did hear that his mom's gonna be, um oh god my was a train that's that's how shallow high school kids are my quote was a train song it's not just a dream if you decide to make it your life from the first song on called she's on fire jesus christ we were so shallow <laughs> i'm quoting trains going bubba sparks like what I was 17 at the time. I, um, we didn't get to do yearbook quotes. Yeah, probably the better. <laughs> we didn't get we didn't get to do that. Um, probably for the better because somebody would have probably been like, oh man, mine's gonna be. Um, God, I mean, that's like that's the equivalent of like your aim away messages. I like <laughs> I had um, like I was quoting in high school um, Californication. Everybody's been there, and I don't. And I think I quoted a crude song. What the? What was wrong with me, man? <laughs> they got with your book. Oh, All right, man. so um, <laughs> that was your number three. Uh, my number three. Um, I don't know if people like actually realize this is a diss song, but it's a uh, "Give It to Me" from Shock Value. Is it really? I don't know that. I think we may have talked about this briefly, but this is a diss song. Um, <laughs> Give it to me, Timberland featuring Justin Timberlake and Nelly Furtado. Justin Timberlake's verse is allegedly about uh, Prince. Uh, oh. Nelly Furtado's verse heard, yeah. is about okay. Fergie, I think. I think, yeah, I think her verse was about Fergie. Justin Timberlake's verse was about Prince. And Timberland's verse was about Scott Storch. Called him a, a piano man. You're just a piano man. Okay, I, I remember I remember that now. That's funny. Um, this song is big on TikTok right now. Uh, and I'd yeah. forgotten, I was like... I knew this was the. I knew it was a Timbaland song. I forgot which one it was. Like that's, like that's how well this beat has aged. Like it's being used in TikTok dances and not on a. It still yeah, sounds good. This is from wow. 2007. Oh Jesus, he's going at him. Man. And you just appear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ay, ay, ay. I guess still not as bad as was it Birch Band sold. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Say that again. It's, I said it's not as bad as when uh, Birdman, Birdman, or Manny Fred insulting his drug use. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that was. I, I I don't think I remember that they had beef. That's hilarious. Huh. And uh, yeah, and Timberlake's verse is about Prince because uh, because when he made beef. sexy back. It was like, well, when did it ever go away? Or something like that. So, um, oh, Prince. <laughs> so, let me see. That's on there. All right. So, Ben, number two. All right. So, this, uh, I feel like, it was the soundtrack to uh, Gossip Folks. Greg is laughing because he knows. Like, oh my god! It was everywhere, I can't believe it only peaked at number eight. Um, everyone was playing this song. I still this is my favorite Missy song of all time. Like this song is so. Good, man. <laughs> like, I, I know what it means overall, but it still sounds not. Yeah. <laughs> like even the diss at the end, you saw your breast cow stomach. Like what? <laughs> it has one of the best ludicrous verses ever. The beat is just fun. Just everything about this song is just so fun, man. Um, um, yeah. Uh, God, I love this. This song. It reminds me of Video Night at West Georgia. Yeah. Wasn't it like was like four different groups did use this song yeah. at least For at least <laughs> at least maybe more and they all if you people can imagine uh like and crew in the theo it was it was hilarious video night was was a um a spectacle yeah <laughs> it was like like you know how people love to say like and we saw racism i think that's racism <laughs> you had black sororities and the white sororities coming together in solidarity to like perform dance routines to popular songs. It was like, <laughs> like, why isn't anyone doing that on TikTok? <laughs> pre, this oh was pre God, this song, this song was everywhere. Yeah, I will, I, will, I can't remember which song it was, but I give them props for at least this one original and they had If by Jack. like, that's brave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's very, I think they ended up winning too, but I was like, it's really brave to do that song. That's a hard song to dance But this yeah, song is just so fun. especially trying to do the choreography, but yeah. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah, this song just so fun, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> um, and then Luda comes in, man. Shout out to College Park. Ah. And this was, and this... he was, I mean, he had just blown too. Yeah. I think uh, was it word of mouth? No, wait. Yeah, remember he had been around maybe four years or so. Yeah, I think word of mouth had been out, had just come out. Because um, his story was still very fresh in the mind of people. Yeah. In terms of like he was a radio DJ selling stuff of his trunk. So, yeah, he was funny in the video too with the leather. Led on the gators. Oh, God. Everything about this was 
This is top. This is just amazing. I love it all. <laughs> and there was a talk of like getting on the bus like they did. That was, oh man. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Crazy college kids. Um. That was number two. All right. So my number two. Uh, this could have been number one. And if we did this again, it still it might be number one. I don't know. But uh, if we do this again, it'll be all different songs. Uh, but. My number two is The Rain by Missy Elliott. Ooh. This is the song that introduced us to Millie, Missy Elliott. Oh, yeah. It didn't seem. It was so like the lyrics are sparse, the production is yeah. sparse. But it still feels like a complete song. Like, no one's rapping like this. (laughs) Oh, no. It's very different the way she was rapping. Yeah, it was a complete... Something we hadn't really... We hadn't heard before. No. And... And then with the production... Oh, man. With the, uh... The sampling of the song The Rain. Um... The crickets in the background. <laughs> that he loves because um, he did it again on the Leah song. Um, so it's it's creating this creating this world, um, and uh, and then the filtered ad libs in the background, <laughs> um, and then of course the visual takes it over the top. Uh, yeah. Where that people still try to imitate Williams, the video right? today. Hype Williams, fish eye yeah. lens, plastic bags. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So um, this uh, this is probably one of the more important uh, hip hop songs ever made. Uh, just because it was that. Oh yeah. It was another turn. It would. It was bringing us into a, like another era of um, what hip hop could be. So, um, yeah. And I, I, I'll still play this in the car today. Um, so, yeah. Jimmy Douglas, the guy who did the canary sing on this, shared a very interesting story about a party, a party that he went to back in the 90s where he was like you know you go to these parties and you try to you know get the dj to play certain music and he's like i've been working day mixing and and stuff and he's like i brought the cd with me and i asked the guy on the boat to play it and he was like nah I, i'm not gonna do that come on this is a great song it hasn't come out yet i just want to see how the crowd will react to it and they refused to play it. and he was like what was the song the ring he could and like they're like that dj he was like dj could have been the guy to break this song mm. play it for the first time and just do it he's like so he missed out <laughs> and, name, that, and we don't even know who Jimmy that guy Douglas, is I follow him <laughs> yeah yeah i follow him on tiktok he's a very interesting follow because i mean he's just you know he's just a, a mixer an engineer mixer so he just all these interesting stories he's not like a big name like he still he was there for a lot of big moments in music. 
But I just wonder, like, what would have happened if you would have played it? I was like, man, you might you might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're supposed to be playing this. This ain't out yet. <laughs> um, all right. That was my number two. That'll bring us to number one. So this might be the only one that doesn't change just because I think this is one of the greatest songs ever. Um, if I had a top 100, it would be in it. Um, she's also, I think, one of my one of my artists. At least those first three albums. Uh, was it Woe Nelly? Um, uh, loose. Loose. And what was the one after the Folklore. That's one in the middle. So Folklore. Uh, Woe Nelly, Folklore, and then Loose. Because Folklore had... Uh, was going a little bit more traditional folkish, but this one was when she was like, I want to be a pop star. Cause she she was more kind of like pop adult contemporary with O'Nelly. Although she had, you know, shit on the radio, which was kind of poppy, and she had, you know, turn off this song. She went full on. I'm like a bird. I'm like a bird, yeah. But this one she went full on like what is pop now? She got with Timbaland and she put out a banger. Um, this song is just like to hear her talk about the writing process and how like her and Timlin pushed each other in the studio. Um, it's it just kind of makes it even you know even better. But the song is just like very introspective. It's not the type of subject matter lyricism that you would normally hear in a Timlin. Mostly does like you know. It's kind of party music, you know. He does hip hop, he does R&B, but it's fun hip hop and R&B. Then he got a song coming like this, where it's just like I don't know exactly what she's singing about, but it's like it's deeper than just like you know, let's go have a good time. And uh, it just I don't know. It's just always kind of really kind of shook me. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I just really really get. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful song. The beat is beautiful. His lives are I think it just really works. The way he kind of throws them in there, throw a reverb on there, and lets them kind of sit low in the mix. Um, it just works so perfectly. Um, this guitar at the end of she kind of, after she sings a couple of verses and a couple of choruses, sings that one last verse. But then there's no more chorus. It just brings in the guitar. I just, I just from start to finish, there's no, there's nothing to this song. Cannot any else I would like take out or anything I would add in. This is just amazing. It should have been nominated for song of the year, honestly. At least I think a lot of people opinion, were. Um, this was the song that came out after Promiscuous. Yeah. So I think people were still like kind of still stuck on that one. Um, But this, I think uh, to see this as maybe the better song or what could have been the bigger song, no problem with that. This also was covered at the very last Token White show. Much to Shren. Because I think we knew we were never going to play again. So like I started playing it and Matt joined in and Chris was like, what the hell? And he just started kind of singing it. So that and um uh that's on my 
now gave me. I he was mad at that one because that's a very hard song to sing. I know he would have the mic. <laughs> what song was that? <laughs> um, Save Me by Shine Down. Because <laughs> it's got that high, high part when he sings as in chorus. And I was like, I know he would have the mic at us, but we're like, eh, we're never playing again. So let's just do it. Me and, me and Matt were just being bastards on that one. Just do whatever we want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, oh, we'll pause it. We're still playing. All right. So, uh, my number one uh, took a long time to get here. This might have been your earworm once. I'm not sure. And that's the thing. So, I didn't put this one on here because I was like, if you can't make it top two, it can be in here. It had to be on the sequel. <laughs> this it was a was an earworm, and this was yeah, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Just so fun. I think Missy. This is a this is one of those instances of like where your guest artist kills you. <laughs> I think Missy short just destroys them all. Like she just kills. Them. Uh, yeah, the thing that's always stands out too. to me is uh, R.I.P. Magoo, but his verse was hilarious because <laughs> uh, it was so weird. Um, Not a fan of Madonna. Just yeah, he was just. <laughs> <laughs> we're just kind of going after people for no reason. Maybe that's where I got it from, with the, you know, with RTB, but you never know. Um, this was... Um, you know, now that I think about it, the way that he filtered his vocals here is like, you know what, I'm going to do that all the time. <laughs> and he started doing it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Really, just um, taking out the lows, mostly highs and mids. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this also had Aaliyah. I don't remember Aaliyah's part on the song. I thought she sang the hook, but that was Missy, so I don't know. Every, so, I think it's like one of those where like, you had several people singing. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those uh, posse cuts. What they, that's what they call it. Yeah, this was <laughs> this would have been Virginia the same. Like, <laughs> that had was there's like, hey, you want to get on this? Let's go. So, they, they they did the Macklemore before Macklemore. <laughs> it's like everybody was in that video. Aaliyah heard um, Tom Hilfiger midriff shirt with the big jacket and the big pants, which let's tell you know, dressing like that. Like y'all know where that came from? Like I wonder if they know. Like cause that's a style right now, like the bag pants, like a slim shirt up top and, and sneakers. I was like, that's the Aaliyah. But you know. Yeah, no, right no, they invented it. They invented it. So no one did. Someone would say Billy Eilish. 
Uh, oh, Billie Eilish, the Billie Eilish look? Yeah, that's her. Um, but yeah, I just remember hearing this song and, and quoting Timberland's, uh, I think it's his second verse a lot. Um, let's see if they got the lyrics up. <laughs> Madonna's catching a lot of strays back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, this was, um, this was a yeah. this was a verse I did all the I I would quote all the time. You know, some social commentary. Yeah. That's where you got that from. Hey. <laughs> Huh, makes sense now. <laughs> I just got pulled apart. Don't slam my car door. It costs too much money to get fixed. <laughs> so that, that's how I like that. It's uh, it's quote, it's quotable. I was quoting this one, but yeah. Missy <laughs> yeah, just came in and just like. Like chill, Missy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So it was. Um, that was that was kind of my my introduction to to Timbaland. Uh, was that song, and then with Missy, even though I, Missy was on the song, like kind of where she kind of jumped out at me was with the rain. So, um, mm. yeah, that was. Uh, um that was the one okay so yeah that completes our list i know we we left a lot on the table um there's so much we can put we only have 14 songs yeah (laughs) and um i think uh like i said this could be there could be a, a part two for this um i know one uh, one i didn't include promiscuous uh missed my list um big pimpin big pimpin uh, that was not going to be on my list at all i'm, I'm really not a fan of that oh, song too much i love it um, um by part of me by chris cornell yep that's that's my yeah uh tripping by total uh just missed um <laughs> Depending on, I guess the the explicit title is "Nigga What, Nigga Who," but the oh. uh, radio <laughs> title is "Jigga What, Jigga Who." That that just missed my list. Um, All in my grill is that your chick? Is that your chick? Just missed it. All in my grill just missed it. Um, Part of me by Chris Cornell. Yeah, uh, raise up, Petey Pablo from Scream. Yeah. Uh, P.D. Pablo just missed mine. Um, Are We Cutting by Pastor Troy just missed mine. Yep. Um, Where we, well, I think we said, and um, See You Again um, also kind of just missed it. I do like, because that's the one he did with Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Till We Meet Again. I think that was supposed to be his response. Till We Meet Again. His response. Um, oh, uh, past that Dutch just missed my list. Mm. Uh, the jump off, uh, future For sex love sound, like the title track, future sex love sound, sexy back, sexy um, back as well. Yeah, 
Icebox probably wasn't going to be on my list. I, lo- like I love that song. Yeah, I just, I just, he, and I'm, like you said, someone probably said, hey, we want an Icebox for Marion. And he's like, I mean, Okay, it's like it's, it almost kind of sounds like I got we got crime over at home. <laughs> um, like he phoned it in. Rehab by uh, Rihanna, which is the same settings as Bubba Sparks' Deliverance, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, he gets credit for producing "Drunken Love" by Beyonce. And blow and partition. Mm. Uh, I thought uh, one song I thought would be on your list was Tom Ford or Holy Grail. So, one thing I was trying to do here was get as many songs that he did by himself. Okay. On so because another, it was that's the thing. Swiss Beats and Pharrell yeah. <laughs> and Rick Rubin, technically. On a <laughs> on a though. Fuck of course. I'm obsessed with Tom Ford. <laughs> I love the song. Tom Ford is, is I think Tom Ford is the best song on that album. Honestly, it's, you know, folks can fight me over that. But yeah, Tom Ford was great. Um Suit and Tie. Um Are You That Somebody? Just missed my list. Mm-hmm. And we need a resolution. Listen, from one in a million, honestly. Um, and I carry that's probably my favorite. Outside of um, one in a million, because honestly, I think like "Is Your Girl on You" great song. Um, has like some rock funk influences. One in a million, God takes me back to middle school. Um, yeah, there's uh, just but his his discography is just so extensive. Like he just to, to be able to do what he's done at his level for that long is is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to Timbaland, and uh, we may have a part two someday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, get to my Irum of the week. Um, going back through playlists I've made, and yes, I have over three hundred of them. Um, <laughs> came back to the uh, the uh, our yacht rock episode, and a playlist I had for that, and. Um, When I heard the song and then like recently reading that how um like Michael Jackson didn't play an instrument, but he he would record sounds like singing or beatboxing into a tape recorder. And I felt like he may have uh if you're familiar with the song Muscles by Diana Ross, Michael Jackson wrote that for her. And I felt like hmm. with that song Part of that song came from this song, which is my earmother of the week, and it's uh, "Diamond Girl" by Seals and Croft. Uh, so, uh, listen to my yacht rock playlist, and people who know the of the mm-hmm. song, they might hear like what part I'm talking about that Michael might have stolen. Uh, so, this is "Diamond Girl" by Seals and Crofts, and we will be right back.
That is Diamond Girl by Seals and Crofts uh, from their album, Diamond Girl. Yeah, 1973. So you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms of the Week playlist right now. Um, so yeah, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. Uh Ben, what could we end the show with? I mean, it could be an Aaliyah song since like her discography is now on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, my my I would if oh, um, also, I also love uh, try again was not on the didn't, didn't make either of our lists. I am not a fan of the song. I know I I'm like in the, the minority song. there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, it's just, you know, that and the other one, Are You That Somebody? I just, I don't know. I just, I, everything of one in a million, I love this day here. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but go with it. I'm, I'm down with anything. Anything about Lee, I'm cool with. Uh, all right. Well, we'll do this. Um, We'll, uh, <laughs> we could have started because it, it, it just missed my list. We should have started with, it's been a long time. <laughs> we should have left. Ah! <laughs> um, but no, no. Um, let's go with, let's go with, we need a resolution. Mm. I like that one. So we'll go with that. Um, and thank you all for listening or watching wherever you are. And uh, we'll be back soon. And uh, talk to you about some more music and whatnot. Peace. Yeah. I'm tired of arguing, girl. I'm tired. Yeah.